What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for movies that have been done before and will be done again. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we're talking about Toy Story 4. The boys are back in town. A movie that (laughs) I felt I did not need at all. 100%. Because I felt part three was perfect. And now realize... I needed it more than anything. <laughs> How did you like the movie? Your kind of general overview. Yeah, um, I was in the same boat. I felt like that originally trilogy, original trilogy, uh, part three, ended perfectly, and I did not need to come back to this world. And when I left this theater, I was like, I don't think they're capable of making a bad Toy Story movie. Like they are all good. Now there's varying degrees of which ones, which ones your favorite, depending. But they can't make a bad one. And in doing so, I'm like, oh no. You can keep coming back to this as much as you want. I'm okay with that. I am fine with that. Right. I think that was kind of... And especially, this movie almost looks live action. The opening sequence they have uh, (coughs) in the rain looked... I was like, wait, is this the John Wick? Because this looks like the rain shot in John Wick. Right. (laughs) So if we can just keep getting that better and better, I'll keep coming back to this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it's really funny how... Well, they found a good arc to do for this. Yeah. And they kind of had that backdrop of Sporky that I thought was going to be the whole movie. Yeah. But in fact, was just kind of a jumping off point it's, it's to... It's the lead in to get to some really existential stuff with Woody. Depressing. <laughs> right. That is the word for the day for the Pixar movie is depressing. Yeah. Oh, but it just really did have a lot of like heart and charm and... It was very engaging, and I like this franchise almost seems to be growing up with us. I was going to say, this movie, I feel, does better for adults than it does for kids, but I feel like it's growing up with the people that originally watched it as a kid or teenager when it came out in the first when the first one came out right and i feel like they each time they've gotten up they've gone up and you're like oh now you guys might be too old to play with toys and that's kind of what you did with toy story 3 like well now you have to give up these childish things or these toy things and then now this one's straight up asking you like if you had goals and they've changed what are you doing with your life like what does life mean to you what are you are, are you serving your life's purpose and if not can it change? I'm like, whoa, shit, I thought I was watching a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, they really kind of flipped the script a little bit on it being about Andy separating this and now almost this weird parental role of, <laughs> like, it's close to an empty nest movie as I think Toy Story is going to get. Right. Um, but because of that, I think it's why it was so good. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I kind of didn't like was the two things. I didn't really love this antagonist. I was going to say, my... I have it in my notes. My issue is that there is no antagonist, but it winds up sort of being Woody is his own antagonist. But this antagonist doesn't work because she's not really all the way bad. And then there's this weird thing where they make us spoilers. They do something very detrimental to Woody. But then in the next turn, they want, I mean, she's the one responsible for it. And in the very next turn, they want us to care that something doesn't go her way. And I'm like, well, I don't, she's an evil person, I think. But now you're telling me to care about, what do you want me to do with her? Yeah, you're very vindicated (laughs) when the bad thing happens to her. And then when it's, we add this like additional arc to the movie, (laughs) which kind of became my weird narrative problem was... Every time we were close, another toy got left behind. Yeah. Or there was a reason to go back. Mm-hmm. Or now we're distracted by this. And by like the third act of the movie, I just wanted to get 
home. Yeah. I just kept getting so annoyed whenever, oh, a, a sad child is over there. Yeah, now that, we have to have a whole new conversation about it. That part, for me, could have been cut out, and I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more. How we just, once she got her come up, and that was the end of her. I would have preferred that as a viewer, because once we go and then she comes with them, it becomes sort of now a good person, if you will. That didn't work for me, considering all the history that we had with her in this flick. Uh, but it does serve Woody's need to always help children. And I don't think it's that part's not so much about her being vindicated and, and having a, a good arc. It's more about Woody continuing his uh, reign of helping children who are in need. And that's kind of what he's now realized is his life purpose. It's not automatically attached to Andy. It's attached to all kids. And I think that's kind of what, why that works, but you're right. It didn't, it made the antagonist sort of weak for me. Um, my other issue that I had was, <laughs> we've talked about this a little bit with other sequels, but this movie does a little bit of revisionist history that, sort of bugs me because we have a whole sequence where we go back in the past and play a play a scene that happened before part three ended and i'm like well hold on so you're telling me this has already happened to just explain away bo peep's location and i was like well that doesn't quite i guess i'll buy that but i felt like part three ended so perfectly that i didn't really need to go back and to pick apart part three to get to where we were. Like, I feel like we could have just should have just began this movie after um, Toy Story three and not even mentioned that film. Cause I, I would have had a better jumping off point for this movie. Like whenever we do revisionist stuff, it bothers me. Yeah. I didn't really need, I guess it just filled in the boat. Yeah, but just telling it's just literally just for her or her little, like she's why she wasn't around in three. Right. Which is, you know, I guess good to have, but... I don't think it was necessary. I didn't need it. It was also oddly weird to go back with that sharp of animation. Yeah. And you're like, well, it didn't look... That's not what it looked like when we watched that. Yeah, yeah, that was my only kind of like, oh, well, we don't need to... I do have a hanging chat, you know, that I think about this movie, because I watched these. I watched all three of these before, and then I went to see this one. In this film, Woody goes through and says that, the reason why Bonnie feels the way she does is that she wasn't Andy's toy. But in part one and two, she's in Andy's room the entire time. And for the first part, Molly is a baby baby. So Bo Peep definitely is not her, his, his yeah. sister's toy. I guess the conceit is that they gave once, her. Once he be, um, she, she gets of age to playing with toys, she goes with the girl. Because yeah. you're right. My other weird thing that I, and maybe I'm just wrong, but I felt like Buzz Lightyear was way dumber. Than he usually is in this movie. He he felt a little. I feel like he was around the era of part one. Like he didn't. He had kind of regressed back to being. That's exactly yeah. how I felt. Um, I was like, didn't this character grow and change? And now he's like hitting his button to have I'm an inner wondering button. Wondering if, and the way you can get away with this is in part three. They have to reset him because he gets set to being the Spanish Buzz, and then they have right. to do a hard reset on again. Again, and we basically see him get handed off to Bonnie. In that time, we don't. It's only like, let's see. There's like only three weeks pass since when Andy drops off his toys, and then once we start this movie, so you could, in theory, say that he's still kind of operating back at base level. Like he has his memories, but he's still trying to. But you're right. He is very slow, right? Overall, and I will say, as much as I liked all the new people, I kind of wanted to spend more time with Jesse and Bullseye. Well, that's and the Slinky. thing. I, this is definitely Woody's film, but I feel like we spend. 
if we're doing percentages, probably 65 to 70% with Woody and Bo and not very the rest of that time with with Buzz and the rest and of And they game. give Jesse a very engaging arc in yeah. the movie. They just don't She gets like three scenes. Just, so scenes. you're just They're kind important of important scenes, but they they're very like, "Oh, that's I guess that character and I, I guess they're going to say, like, we've, we've had two movies with this character, so by now you kind of, we've given her a story, you know her story, especially with the way she comes in in two. She's the reason why the whole what if the kids grow up arc begins in Toy Story. But you're right. She's very undercooked in this film. That, that All the people that are not on the road trip or at the um, antique store are right. in this movie. Um, the one thing, too, another thing that I kind of thought of, and, and this can happen because kids are fickle, but Toy Story 3 ends with Andy giving uh, Bonnie all the toys, and then he's keeping Woody for himself. Woody's in the box. He's going to go to college with them. And then Bonnie sees him because she had already played with Woody. She's like, oh, Woody's my toy. And then she kind of says, my, it's my, I think it's a boot. Like, whatever his saying is when he pulls a string, something you're... Yeah. And Andy looks at her and was like, well, I mean, you're going to get more joy out of this toy than I will. And he basically gives her Woody. And she seems through the roof for... To receive Woody. So even when that movie ends in part three, she is still oddly, madly in love with Woody. And then for this movie to begin and she basically gives no crap about Woody, you're like, well, hold on. I need someone to tell me what happened in those three weeks that she just all of a sudden stopped caring about Woody. But some of that could just be as a, as a kid. Once you start getting a bunch of other toys, you just lose interest in one of them. But it just seems a real quick for this movie to pick up right after. You went from... Woody, I want him to stay in the closet. You're done. I'm done with you. <laughs> right. And um, again, I get it. Yeah, you want the new one. It is like the girl is, playing with the girl you get cowboy. The, she didn't. When she first found Woody, it was just Woody. Once she got all the other toys, she then had a girl cowboy. So that changes probably how she feels and reacts to it. So I get that. But it's one of those things. That's like, oh, that's a little weird. <laughs> right. It was good. But I, what I liked the most about the movie, I think, was kind of how it justified its existence. Yeah. Because I really was, three was such an ending. Perfect. For kind of the team, and it, you don't really see like a unique send-off for a character that often like right. this. Like this really was changing Woody's point of view mm-hmm. and giving him a goodbye with these characters and kind of having him grow beyond who he was in these first three movies. Because the right. first three movies are almost always, I have to get back to back Andy to and Andy. I have a role. Yeah. So to watch him really evolve beyond that and try to figure out his new place yeah. in the world was good. Yeah. And him, he, he, it's, it's so fascinating to see a character who, whose sense of purpose is to help a kid and belong to a kid that He's like, I got to get back to Bonnie. And then that just scene when Buzz is like, well, Bonnie's going to be fine because Bonnie doesn't even really have that attachment to you. You have that attachment to her because of your, this, this weird self and the self-righteous, like, I have to be with this kid. But that's not your purpose anymore. Like, you, you got something else to do and this ain't it. Right. <laughs> well, they give him a good, like, a new purpose. When he yeah. helps the other kids find the other toys. toys yeah. And you you realize kind of who he's becoming and what he can do and like the, the joy he gets out of that. Yeah. That to me felt a lot better than just being like, I have to go be with Bo Peep now. Correct. Yeah. It, it, right. It doesn't seem like he's just leaving his friends specifically for Bo Peep. He's he's leaving his friends because what he was set out to do in life has changed, and now he has to go somewhere else to do the new thing he has right. to do in life. Yeah. I, I, 
I think also a good thing that, that like we talked about how it was the lead in for the movie, but not the entire movie. I think it was really important to show too that kids now don't play with just toy toys. Like kids sometimes right. have to create a toy. Like that girl, Bonnie, in her situation, she was alone, which was sort of the most like gut-wrenching scenes in the movie. But she was alone. The kid comes, grabs the stuff for an art, and she's just by herself. And she creates a thing. But once she puts Bonnie at the bottom, that's now her toy. And you're like, oh, yeah, kids find toys in boxes and all kinds of random right. stuff. So if she put eyes on a box, would that be a toy? Probably in this world, yes, because at that point... It's it a all toy. just come to right. life. <laughs> I love how they just don't just, even I, bother. The end credit sequence is great. It's just like, how are you alive? I don't know. <laughs> Which is fine because yeah. I think the suspension of disbelief of this entire franchise has been like all of the toys know to stop being alive and there's a person around. Right. They all can come up and yeah. we just all kind of buy into that. Yeah. So I think even having a toy just become real, you're like, sure, And there's why some not? rules that we were like, wait, the toys can speak to pets because the dog knows when to, ah, oh, screw it, fine, I'm in. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> I don't really need a deep Toy Story no, lore. I don't, I don't. We don't need some weird, like, you know, the magic of a child's <laughs> imagination when she writes all of these things, yeah. comes to life. Um, but I think that was a great way to show how kids do get toys out of nowhere. And and, and whatever whatever really works, whatever worked for Andy toy-wise, even though the same set of toys, you might, like, like she gravitated to a different set of toys. So that's why Woody was no longer the, the king of the pack once right. the new team came in. And I thought that was fascinating to kind of just watch that work. Yeah, it was good. And, but... It, Woody getting to the point of because he is the antagonist when you really think about this movie get to a point where he is self destructive to himself and and everybody around him right (laughs) yeah he just stops caring about people for this like self fulfilling prophecy that we have to be and he's a little like judgmental of Bo Peep's (laughs) life like they kind of make him a dick a little bit. Like, oh, this you, is the worst thing that could happen to you, being alone. <laughs> it's like, oh, he gets the sheep's names wrong. You're consistently. like, oh, my God, Woody. And then you kaboom on the first time. It's like, hey, gruff and all this. Like, it was like, oh, great. That was Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, kaboom. What a great Mr. character. Mr. Wick. <laughs> America's child now. <laughs> right. We all love Keanu. We do. Uh, yeah, I love that character. Yeah. And that's what Pixar's always done well, is even like the little people get these strong the character pocket, beats. Uh, the and pocket uh, police that, that Bo Beep has. Even, I mean, I think the scene that we all died on was like the little, the G.I. Joe man trying to do the high five. There's, they give every toy a little bit of a moment. You're like, oh, this is great. Just the whole backstory with... Kaboom! Oh, and yeah. his sad. <laughs> it was the commercial. commercial. I can't do that. It's a commercial. It's not real. It's not fair. <laughs> he panic attacks on it. And yeah. I love having them be toys because you get to do all the things that you couldn't do in real life. Like when he just cracks his head on that banner, and you're like, "Oh god!" Yeah. But they don't feel pain, no. right? No. I mean, Except for Sid's toys, and it gets into some Star Wars droid stuff. Where yeah. you're like, are they getting hurt or not? Because you start taking arms off and putting in a different one. Are they feeling that pain? There's one yelling in Jabba's palace, but right. like R two doesn't seem to mind anything. Yeah. Except for when he gets fried in Episode <laughs> Four and screams. <laughs> That's like, right. That's right. So who knows? Yes. Yeah. The toys are the same way. When Woody's getting like ripped apart, he seems to care in two, but they rip out his voice box in this one, and he just carries on. He's like, I'm good. I'm going to walk it off. Yeah. (laughs) Forky just doesn't seem to care. Yeah. 
It's his a, whole arc too of like realizing that he needs to like help somebody. Yeah. And the association and what turns of him, being him around. Trash. Yeah. So what turns him around is great. And then just that whole little walk of the two of them walking and like Woody basically giving him a synopsis of his entire like the first Toy Story three one two and three is like and Buzz is like that man. He seems a real. He's a bit slow. Like right. right? <laughs> yeah, I loved all of that. I loved the creepy ventriloquist dolls. They were great. Like there were some scenes that are horrific when they're like sliding through crevices and like the way they turn. Yeah. And like I don't No one saw it But they do an early shot You see it later Because they come back to it But there's a shot earlier Where they're just Turning their head Consistently And I was like What does that mean Then to find out That there are Those security cameras Essentially running out I was like That's a cool way To use them As security cameras Yeah it was a very Clever movie Yeah and Jordan and Peele's Fluff Fluff they're hilarious because they do some stuff that made me like spit out water. <laughs> Their little plush rush stuff is nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really, it's amazing. And I think part of it is that each one has been separated by five, five to ten yeah. years. That this this st- world keeps being fresh and inventive. And they're figuring out new takes. Yeah. And a lot of things don't do that. No. It I is think, also yeah. pretty crazy to grow up with Pixar and just see what it is now. Yeah, say so for this, you keep thinking about this is the franchise that started Pixar. Like this was the first movie, and then Bugs Life, and then Toy Story Two. So like this would begin this entire thing. And now to see what it is after you get Incredibles and Monsters Inc. and Inside Out, you're like, Jesus, you guys have come a long way. And now to the point, while you are still making kids' film, you're also making philosophical things that make adults weep. Yeah, that's what they've done so well. Is <laughs> yeah. they keep figuring out how to connect this to the adults that are there. Right. Uh, but I think that's also what I appreciate about this movie was for people who didn't grow up with Toy Story 1, it was a pretty good entry point without kind of resetting the franchise. Yeah. It just kind of gave you a story in it. Yeah, they do a pretty good job, too, at the beginning, giving you the intro of once of showing Andy handing off the toy. So you're like, you can essentially start with this because this is now Bonnie's, you're sort of getting Bonnie's story and what Bonnie is doing with this. I don't think you can do that with five. No. (laughs) So I guess that's the real question. Are we done now? Ooh, I would say, this movie's making money. So I'm going to say no, because I feel like they will probably do this again, maybe in five to six years. But I think what you do though, is that because Woody wouldn't be around anymore. Also, because if you do, you're then making this world a lot smaller. They've already kind of done that with this film. It's like Bopey got lost or taken away, and then we were able to get to her so quickly. But fine, whatever, I'll take it. Right. But if you do that again, I think that becomes a problem. So then I was like, you might. I would say you need to grow up with Bonnie, so you see how those toys. But it sucks because then that means you're taking Tom Hanks off the table, and he's probably the heartbeat of this series. I mean, obviously, Terrence, Toy Story Five is just Andy trying to recollect. He's now an adult collector, <laughs> and he buys all of them on eBay, and they're all back. Wonderful. Or you could just make it a different Woody. Have you noticed that both both Toy Story and and what we talk about next week, Child's Play, both the kids' names are Andy, and they're playing with sentient toys. Is that? On purpose? I, I don't know. Let's ask the internet. <laughs> but I mean, that's the other way, right? If you don't want to take Woody off the table, you just get a different Woody. Right. Yeah. Although now he's like a vintage toy. Like, that's right. also funny is now Bonnie is playing with these like vintage, vintage. He's got vintage. like 1950s toys. Correct. That I, it, it, which is awesome. But yeah. it's like, wow, that's so, 
Shouldn't you have like an iPad or something? There should be something? some tech stuff in there. Maybe that'd be what you do for the Toy Story 5 is saying like, well, toys as a whole, we stop getting played with because people, all kids are like attached to an iPad or an iPhone. So they don't play with toys anymore. Toys are becoming obsolete. No, you see now the iPhone comes to life. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be, I, yeah, I'd watch that. A crazy iPhone comes to life and tries to play with a kid. All right, I don't see any evidence that they're both named Andy. That's just bizarre that they both end up that way. I mean, I guess Andy's a pretty, like, generic kid name. Yeah. I guess it would be weird if Bonnie's name was Tiffany, because then you'd be like, okay, guys, you're not even trying. You're just now straight up. Well, yeah, then I'd be like, okay, I see what we're doing. (laughs) It was a good movie. It was very charming. It was very charming. Um, very well done. I, again, like I said, I, I've not seen a bad Toy Story flick. I still think, though, for me, as much as I like this, three is still my favorite. But this is close. Um, but three, I think, is by far my favorite because I just think it's a perfect film. And I think it also has the luxury of having two films to build up to. And then this is kind of the, the end off payoff yeah. with, with those characters and Andy specifically. Um but it feels a lot like the we've talked about American Pie before, how we grow up with that franchise. This is doing a good job of doing that with the audience now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Which is the trick. And hopefully Pixar can continue to do that forever. <laughs> Give me that Monsters University 4 or whatever. Remember when they weren't going to make any sequels? I, I was going to say, remember the era... I, it, it was before Disney bought them where they were like, we're not making sequels. And Disney's like, hold on a second. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we will be making sequels. You've made these for us and, and they print money. So we're going to print. And in 20 more. years, we're going to make live action remakes of all of, of them. all of them. There'll be a live action Toy Story. I think that's the show. Yeah. Unless you have more to say. I don't. It made 118 no. million, which people don't think is good enough. And that's, that's stupid. atrocious. Toy Story is bombing at the box office. <laughs> it's not. It's also only like $2 million under Shorter your Shorter of what they prediction. Yeah. Which once you're at like 118, it's like, I don't know that that's you're that counting big counting peanuts at this point right, now, like, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks you for listening. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at, as always, Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And the show is at Hollywood ADI. And we'll see you next week. Later.